got a plan for your life if you choose it. Satan has a plan for your life if you don't. So that's what I want to break up a little bit. But you know what? I don't know when I've heard something like this, and it was probably just during the sermon last week where, where some of these thoughts started you know, gathering in my mind about, sure, if God's plans are so incredible and so great, what about the other side? And can we unveil that? Can we shine a light on those things? It's like a pothole. If you don't see it coming, man, you go full, flat out, through it and, you know, blow out and tires and, you know, accidents and whatnot. But if you can see it, you can swerve. You can stop, you can pull up, you can do a few things. So that's the idea this morning. And let your bin lid be open to the Word of God. But first, let me just start with 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and sober mind. Sober minded, actually. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of a lion. Uh, We used to have a travel business before COVID. um, And I've been on a couple of game drives. And I can tell you now, if you have not repented your heart clean, like there's nothing else to repent of, you will think of things to repent of when that sucker growls next to you. If you're not in the vehicle, I promise you now, it is one of the frightening, Full, frightening, most frightful things that you could probably encounter because you know you're dead meat. There's no chance unless you are Samson. There's no chance. A lion. This is a, this is a scary thing. And the, the word says the enemy, it's my enemy and your enemy. We have a real enemy, and there's a real fight. And this guy is hungry, and he's determined, and he is looking for who he can devour. Okay, so this is this is. Pretty serious business. But before we look at this enemy of ours, I want to introduce him by virtue of looking at what he is called. A couple of names. You know, how is he identified? And I'm just going to run through it because there's a number for this enemy. Okay. Abaddon. In Hebrew, that means destruction. Accuser. Adversary. Angel of the bottomless pit. Antichrist. Apollyon. Greek for destroyer. Beast. Beelzebub, ruler of the demons, Belial, worthlessness, deceiver, dragon, enemy, evil one, father of lies, king of the bottomless pit, lawless one, Leviathan, which is twisted, liar, murderer, power of darkness, prince of the power of the air, ruler of the darkness, ruler of this world, serpent of old, son of perdition, which is utter destruction, fallen star, tempter, thief, wicked one, Satan or Lucifer. I don't know about you, but man... That resume, just by virtue of that, there's a preach in each one of them. But this is who our enemy is called. Again, like this lion, not to be messed with. However, this is not how it started. There's a reason this guy is the way he is right now. And I wanted to share that with you because this might put a bit of a different perspective on how we perceive things. Shall we look at Ezekiel 28? Verses 12 to 18. Let's read together. Son of man, raise the lamentation of the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. 
You were an anointed guardian, cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the days you were created. Just take a moment to absorb who Lucifer was created. God created him. Whew, we have power. No, the battery, thank you. It is charged. I checked three o'clock this morning. Um, seriously, I was still up at 3.30 for this. Um, but that is awesome. But just, just read that a little bit. Have you ever read such an incredible description and of, of a being? This is Lucifer, not yet Satan. This is Lucifer created by God. He had an incredible place in God's presence with power and authority. And he was blameless in his ways. What? I mean, there's so much we can go into. Anointed guardian cherub. Not just any old cherub. A guardian cherub. I mean, this is, this is incredible. This is like, forgive me for saying this, but it sounds almost like a 2IC. This is like, you know what I mean? This is like a 2IC to God almost. This is like, wow, this is so good. It's the highest up you could get if you were looking at rank. But what happened? Let's continue to read. You were blameless in your ways from the days you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O God and Cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before the kings to feast their eyes on you. So because of this incredible beauty that was adorned on him, Lucifer, by God, he became proud. And he was not satisfied with worshiping God anymore in this close proximity. He wanted to be worshipped. You see the transition there? He became proud. It's like, hmm. And that's a major thing. Look at these eyes. I mean, from God to me, my beauty, my splendor, all given in, you know, by God. And he sinned. So actually, this is the first time we see sin. Like, like who sinned first? Where? Satan, Lucifer. When he was cast down to the earth, that became his name, Satan. So we can see what he did. Stopped worshiping, well, wanted to be worshipped himself, proud heart, sure. And he allowed his perfection to be the cause of his corruption. How sad, how utterly, utterly sad. So where is he now? We've seen there that Satan was cast out of God's heavenly government and his place of authority. Verse 18 says, so I threw you to earth. So that's where he is now. Luke ten eighteen. this is Jesus saying, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus confirming you know, the events that, take place, that took place that day. In Revelation 12, 9, we see that he took a third of the angels with him. That's another significant thing. In Revelation, it says 10,000 times 10,000 is the heavenly host of the angels. Lucifer, Satan, somehow took one third with him. Now operating as demons. The fallen angels, they're demons. So again, for me, this is not a 
Remember, this is not a scary story. I'm not trying to... This is exposing the enemy for who he is because he is the one who wants to devour us and to destroy us. Okay. So, he has a plan for your life. Now that he's on earth, and yes, there's a destiny. We'll look at you know, where he ends up. But he's got a plan for your life and for my life. As much as God has got a plan, an incredible plan, he's got a plan. And let's look at the plan. This is, again, Jesus speaking. Now, you would think if Jesus was here this morning, I don't know, what do you think we would do? Break bread, perhaps? Maybe have a great meal, like the Last Supper, possibly? But what if Jesus said the following words? John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I'm the good shepherd. This is all about the good shepherd and the one that comes through the gate, known by the sheep, etc., etc., who cares for them really. But here, Jesus is saying, no, no, hold on. There's a thief. There's only one reason why he comes, why he comes to us. Steal. If you look at the Greek, and I'm no Greek scholar, but I you know, looked at this. It's where we get the word klepto, kleptomania from. Like a pickpocketer, someone who steals from you, mostly unknowingly. When you bump into someone, before you know, it's like, oh, where's my phone? Yeah, I lost, did I lost my wallet? One of the things that Satan does, he steals from us. Carefully, crafted. Remember, he's been around for a long time. He knows a few things. He's got one purpose, to kill and destroy you. He wants to take you out. So he has plans for you. He wants to steal from you. And before you know it, that you have nothing. That's ultimately what he wants you to have nothing, nothing of the blessing of God, nothing of the life of God. And again, when I say you, you know, it's us. But then kill, again, also in the original language, is more of a sacrifice and a surrender, a giving up of. So what Satan will do is if he can't steal it from you in some way, shape, form, he will try and convince you to give it up, to surrender it, to give it away. And again, we'll see, he's also called the father of lies. He is crafty. He is so, so crafty. And ultimately, if he can't take it, Scalampis, if he can't make you surrender it and give it up, then he just wants to plainly destroy it, which is ruined and wasted and trashed and devastated. Look, there's no life here. There's no life. There's no entertaining Satan and his plans because, again, we see what the end result is. But check this out, Revelation 12, 12. But therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that the time is short. He's not mellow. He's not on a staycation on earth. It's a bit of a lockdown until, until later. <laughs> but guys, he is filled with wrath. He could not get the preeminence. He could not become the one to be worshipped. He hates God. He hates us. And he's filled with wrath. He's motivated to take us out. But his time is short. In a blink of an eye, we'll be caught up in the air. You know, we're going we're gonna to be with Jesus. However, we still have a life. We still live on this earth. But more so for him, the motivation is to try and take us out, to kill, to steal, and destroy. 
So yes, he'll burn in eternity. And yes, Jesus is coming soon. And as much as Jesus wants to take as many with him and set free and save, and we look at that a little bit later, Satan wants to do exactly the same thing. Okay. So, let's look at some of the strategies that the enemy will use. Now, we said and we heard that Satan lies, and he's the father of lies. That's John eight forty four. If you think about Genesis, the first sin that took place, how he deceived Adam and Eve, questioning them. Remember, he, Satan didn't make them sin. You sin. And, oh, I've got no control. Yes, okay, I'm sinning. That's not how it works. That's not how sin works. James 1, which I didn't give scriptures for, he tempts us. Like here, he said, but did God really say? Puts doubt in your mind about the truth. Remember, he's the father of lies. He is cunning. He knows the word. He knows it. He comes to Jesus in the desert. I mean, hello. If there's anybody you don't want to tend because you've got chances of zero, but yet he comes. You see, it is, you know, God had to respond. Jesus had to respond. It is written. It is written. So he's the father of lies. Guys, we have to know the truth. We have to. We have to. This is one of the strategies against the enemy, is to know the truth, to be in the word. I know you don't like to read your Bible. Newsflash. I don't know. It's much easier to watch a video. But there's no videos that you can watch on this thing. We've got to get into our Word. We've got to get the Word into our hearts and into our lives and our minds. This is part of maturing and growing up, is to know the difference between right and wrong and being able to choose the right. Can you see that Satan is going to try and lie, could deceive with falsehood and deception. He's going to try and make us stumble and fall and give up certain things. Remember, he steals kleptomania. Cool. So the one thing is he lies. Everything that he does, he lies about. Second thing, he blinds the minds of unbelievers. Okay? But don't celebrate too soon for us as believers, but 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. This, isn't this sad? Unbelievers, Satan is effectively trying to blind them so they cannot hear the gospel, so they will not hear the gospel. We'll get to the point where, you understand how important it is to share the gospel? Yes, to live it, but to share it, the truth, to break through. There's power in the words. There's power in the gospel to save. This is our duty. It's part of who we are. We've been set free. Again, we'll get there. But he blinds the minds of unbelievers. Number three. He masquerades in costumes of light and righteousness. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15. By the way, there's a lot of scripture here. But I didn't want to be speaking. You know, it's just let the word speak for itself. But for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. It's not by sight, but by faith. You heard the, that scripture? Guys, often... We take this, what we see, as that's it. I saw it. Oh, I didn't see it, and therefore I believe, like, you know, think of Doubting Thomas. But if Satan can masquerade as an angel of the light, 
Do you think he's going to deceive some people? Absolutely. But what did Paul say? If anybody, even an angel of the light, come and brings you another gospel, other than the one that I preached, that I got directly from Jesus, what should you do with it? You should wait up against the truth. You can't just take anything, again, so important to know the truth. Because he will masquerade. Because he's got a purpose and a plan for your life and for my life. He wants to steal it. He wants to destroy it. Satan even does signs and wonders. Matthew 24, 24. False Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders. So as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Things will happen. Like miraculous things. Will that miraculous thing be an attempt to get your heart away from God? Maybe it's an opportunity somewhere, something. You know, God can make an incredible job offer happen. I'm just saying. It's like triple the salary. What? That doesn't dip up to. They don't even have running water or nothing. I mean, it could be any reason. But you understand? Things can happen. He can make it happen. I know we speak lightly of it, but that is why we, 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 we weigh these things up so, so closely. And we're serious about them. Because we know there's an enemy. <laughs> Satan tempts people to sin, number five. 2 Corinthians eleven three. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from the sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Again, same thing. He wants to achieve something. So when a thought enters your mind, ask yourself, is this trying to lead me astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ? If it is, you know who's behind it. It's the father of lies. It's very quiet in here. <laughs> We're starting to see where when you need her. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. This is just true. Sorry, I don't want it to be somber. But you know what I mean? I'd rather tell me there's a cancer trying to grow and you can zap it and, you know, we can get rid of it or something. Guys, all we wanted to do is we wanted, you know, the veil, the, the veil has been torn before ourselves to see these things. You're like, oh my word. Because I guarantee you, right now in your life, he will be trying to take you out. Not maybe, no, nah, it's not for me. You know, I'm, no, no, no. Jesus said, Jesus said it. He's walking around. He wants to devour you and me. And hopefully some of these things, as we talk about it, you will see like, oh my word, Yes. Yes, he's trying to do it. Actually, right now, this morning, something happened. And, he, you know, he's, he's, trying, he's trying to trip me up. Okay. Six. Satan plucks the word of God out of people's hearts and chokes their faith. Mark 4.15. Parable of the sower. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Oh, please, Lord Jesus, may it not be the case this morning. Again, he's active and working. As much as the Holy Spirit is, he wants this word to not take root. The best thing, and Jesus talked about this, house, rock, sand, both heard the truth. The storm came, the one fell down. What was the difference? Both heard the truth. Only one did it. Only one submitted to it. Only one incorporated it. Only one you know, walked it out. That's how we become rock, solid, stable, unshakable. But he is going to want to steal it and take it. Satan can even cause sickness and disease. In Luke thirteen sixteen, we read, 
Ought not this woman, a daughter, Abram, from Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath day? So what he's saying is, this was something, no, please, disclaimer, not all sickness is caused by Satan. But there are sicknesses caused by Satan. Could something in your life, a sickness in your life, be caused by this? If that is the case, then come to David Kina. Let them drive that sucker out. Be healed. No, go to any believer and just say, hey, lay hands on me. Because we all have received the Holy Spirit. We all can come against, you know, we all exactly. <laughs> but if you want some tactical tips and stuff, speak to somebody who knows. Okay. So, again, even sickness and disease. He wants to take it away from God. He wants to take the focus onto us and not him. Okay, Satan is a murderer. We heard in John 8.44 that you are the father, uh, sorry, you are of your father the devil and you will, your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth. Sure. Don't have to say anything about that really. He's got zero to do with truth, guys. Lie, Satan, truth, God. He says, don't be like Cain in 1 John 3.12. Don't be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And I think that's an obvious one. If you murdered someone, you know, people would say, sure, you're bad, or that's a bad thing that happened, and you know, clearly from Satan. But he does. That's exactly what he, again, what he wants to do with us. If you walk away with one thing is, know this, he's got a, Satan's got a plan for your life. We don't have to choose it, though. Okay, nine. This is the second last one. Satan fights against the plans of missionaries. In 1 Thessalonians two seventeen to 18, we read, but since we were torn away from, your, from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. We just saw a little bit earlier how, you know, Satan does something with unbelievers, so they just can't hear, they can't. So when you want to do something for Jesus, you want to go on an outreach, you want to go preach, you want to do something, I promise you now, you want to come to church, car will break down, a house will flood, I mean, it'll snow in your street. I mean, you know what I mean? Your, your mother will fake a heart attack. I mean, something is going to happen. When you invite a buddy to church, I can t- I'm telling you now, I'll put money down on that, and I'm not a betting man, but we can see it. He opposes and I was, ah, you know, it's a sign. I'm going to stay home today. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is a sign. It's a sign that you're being taken out. There's a gun being pushed against your head, and he's, he's the trick, putting the trigger. Amen. Preach it, brother. Mm. Mm. That's a good word, this man. That's a good word. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dave. I'll take it. Number 10. <laughs> Revelation 12.10. <laughs> Satan accuses Christians. Remember, one of his names is accuser. And I heard a loud voice in heaven. I'm going to read from this one for a change. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God. <sighs> What? Here's what I'm thinking. If you're saved, what is he accusing you of? If you're unsaved, he's accusing you, and he's right. Legal grounds. You messed up. You've sinned. 
You don't know him. There's nothing that covers you. There's, you have to pay a penalty. You understand? That's why there's a lot of suffering and stuff because people deserve it. It's, 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 there's consequences to actions. I'm going to jump off the balcony. I'm probably going to sprain an ankle, break a leg or something. It's something that's going to happen. But what he does is with Christians, he accuses us before God. And that's a whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame. And we'll see now, but just know it. Even Remember, even with Job? He said, no, but Job is only serving you and loving you because of all the stuff and all those things. It's because you bless him so much. I mean, anybody can serve you like so incredibly well because you have given him all these things. He accused. And here's the funny thing. That's actually a great accusation, that. Am I serving God because he's so good to me? Only? All the time? Am I? Or is it something deeper? Is it, is it more meaningful? Is it way more about the stuff? Was it? So I think that was a pretty, pretty good accusation in terms of Job's life because we see the end of it. God took all these. Well, God allowed Satan to take all those things away, not his life. And what did he do? Did he sin? No. It was mo- me the most astonishing thing about Job. I'm not sure. This is this is kind of how I know us. There's still a lot of work to be done. So Job, all these things were taken away. You know, he's animals. He's like everything, the final thing. As the guys came in to share the bad news, the next guy came in. The last person who came in said, look, your kids, all ten of them were just having a supper. And a mighty wind came and the house fell down on them. They're all dead. Devastation. Devastating. Again, see how, say, you know, how things were allowed to happen to him to test him. Is his devotion truly God or will it take him away from it? And nah. What was Job's response? And I'm pity I don't have that scripture, but go read it for yourself. Job's response. He falls down on his knees and he worships. I don't know about you. I've got two little boys. Sure. Oh, Jesus. I, I, I need you. I need to follow you like Job. You understand? The most precious things, 10 children gone in a moment. He falls down. And he worships God. It says something about God's character <laughs> and who God is. Um, cool. But here's some good news. Okay, some good news. Satan is the defeated foe. We have to remember this. So there's a lot of bad news. There's a lot of things that he's trying to And that's not a definitive list, by the way. There's a, there's a, there's a ton of other things. We have to be aware just that there's schemes. But Revelation 20.10 says this. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophets were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. His time is short. That's why he's filled with wrath. This is his home. This is where he's going to end up. Matthew twenty five forty one. Then I will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. He's going to a real place. He's going to suffer some real consequences because there was a real rebellion against God. So that's his bad news. For us, what do we do? Now that we, again, afresh, looked at everything that he's got planned for us, his plans for us, what is God's plan for us? How does God want us to come against and fight? Ephesians 4.27. First thing, give no opportunity to the devil. If you can see something, don't entertain it. Let's not entertain it. Not even a, a scriffy, a footy deer, nothing. I'm not going to entertain nothing. Don't give him the slightest single bit of opportunity. Okay. 
James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and what will happen? So don't just resist him. No, no, no. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Guys, the devil can only try so long. Eventually, you'll try. No, this, this guy's like Fort Knox, man. I just can't get him. He just keeps on believing God, trusting God. He's unwavering. He's faithful. He's all these things. This is, like, this is like Job. This guy reminds me of Job. Or that average saint here and this average saint over there who just loves God and won't budge. Let's be like that. You know what I mean? He will flee. We have to resist. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Another thing. We can't just be willy-nilly. Let's be sober. Minded and be watchful. <laughs> Why? Because again, he's roaming around. If you see a thing that looks like a lion, I don't know if it's exactly the silhouette of a lion. Whoa, 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 hold on. I see something there. <laughs> That's why we also cover our brothers and our sisters. That's why we're in community. I can't see everything. I've got blind spots. And you've got great eyesight. And you know, I might be like semi blind or short sighted. I don't know. We have to look out for one another. But you understand how important it is? We can, we can save someone. That's why we go to a brother and sister when we see him like, whoa, this guy's like on the verge. He's in the direction. He's, he's pointing to a sin. Or we go to him in love, checking our own lives also, you know. And we go and say, hey, whew, hey, you, 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 he's asked to sift you. Let's get back. Ephesians 6.11. And wow, again, this is just such a massive on its own. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the evil. Guys, we have not been left vulnerable. We're not just open, you know, rich for the picking or for destruction. Not at all. If we are unprotected, yes. If we, God has made a way. He's made a way. He's armor. <laughs> we could go to it and, sure. Let's, let's actually read through it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. We can just stop there too. Again, guys, we can't do this in our own power. Our own clever scheme. Yeah, now I'm going to outwit him like this. Serious? He can't even finish his Sudoku. <laughs> this little four by four, I mean. <laughs> Let's not fool ourselves. We've got to be strong. <laughs> I can see there's a couple of Sudoku pros. <laughs> not. <laughs> Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Stand firm then. And then he goes through it. What? The belt of the truth buckled around your waist. First thing he mentions, truth. Again, we have to know the word, guys. If you don't dig reading the word, then dig. I almost said read till you vomit. Um, <laughs> if you have to. Seriously, they, we cannot use that excuse. Think about that excuse. Oh, my word, I've heard it so many times. And I'm sometimes self, myself guilty. I don't want to read. I want someone to just you know, give me... MP3 or something. Let me just, a quick fix. The truth, essential, critical. Let's get in the word. 
with the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness, breastplate, all covers all the vital organs. You've probably heard many, many preachers on this. But righteousness is not mine. It's imputed. It's Christ's righteousness. That's why it's so super important. That protects us. That's what he's going to try and accuse us of. Yeah, but no, no, no. Whoa. Hello. Christ's righteousness. It's not me. Bible Javis. Okay. <laughs> I'm half. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Oh, and how beautiful the ones, you know, feet shot with peace, preaching the gospel, going out. Remember, there's going to be resistance, but we ain't afraid of that man. Um, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. Shield, massive thing, ultimate protection. Again, I'm not going to go into all these things. Please read it for yourself. Okay, but that is used to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Again, helmet of salvation. You don't have to know the date and the minute and the second, but I'm telling you now. Because remember, a blow to the head is fatal. You know, somewhere in the body, generally, unless you miss an organ. But man, let him never succeed in accusing you and making you doubt about the day you got saved. Let it be solid like a helmet on your head. Um, uh-huh. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Again, we come to the Word of God. Last one, let's, and let's focus on this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Be, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I feel like I feel like this is one thing that so easily goes into the back burner. I don't know why. I don't know why. Pray. What if the first thing we do is pray? I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going to pray. God help. What if? What if we all did that? And, and again, things will happen. What if even before we go to people and to pastors or to whomever it is, what if we just go to God and we pray? He did say, <laughs> on all occasions, with all kind of prayers and requests. As the reality is, this is it. There's no neutral zone. Revelation twelve eleven says, You either triumph, okay, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. You either triumph like this. It's either in Christ or we'll be enslaved by Satan. And therefore, 1 Timothy 1.18, Therefore share in suffering as a good soldier in Christ Jesus, and wage the good warfare. Pray without ceasing. Sorry, that's 2 Timothy 2 and 3, and then 1 and 18. Therefore share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, and wage the good warfare. Pray without ceasing. Jesus never promised that this is going to be easy. He said, take up your cross. Come, follow me. But he's victorious. He's made the way. He's paid the price. Man, we are free. And I know there's maybe one or two here that feels like, hmm, I don't know, man. I don't know about all this stuff. I don't know about an enemy that is real. I maybe don't know these things. God has a plan for your life too. 
Now, sin is rebellion to God, transgression of the law of the commandments. And we can just mention a few things, and each one of us will be guilty. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. The reward, the pay, the remuneration for sin is death. Sin leads to death. One sin, many sins, all have sinned. It leads to death. That is what we need to be saved from. There's a penalty for sin. But there's also guilt of sin. Once you've done wrong, you know it. Some way, somehow, you just like, ah, yes, yes, I shouldn't have said that, have done that, etc., etc. So God wants to save us from the guilt of sin. Okay? It's called salvation. He wants to sanctify us. Okay? That is being saved, meaning He sets us free from the power of sin. And that's an ongoing process, sanctification. We become more like Christ. So he saves us, and from that moment, our sanctification, our becoming more like Christ will happen. He puts his spirit in us, you know, to be more like him and to help us walk alongside us. But, and one day the glorification is going to come, where we will be saved finally, and we will be in the presence of sin no more. That's Acts fifteen eleven. We don't even, yeah. Satan's got a plan. God has got a way better plan. He says, I come and I knock. I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If you open, I'll come and I'll feast with you. It will put the lonely into family. It'll take you from the kingdom of darkness and put you into the kingdom of light. He will take the burden of sin and the guilt and the condemnation that comes with it and he'll put it on himself, which is done at the cross of Calvary. That's why Christ had to die. Perfect, without spot, without blemish. And he died in our place. Because that, again, and I know we know the gospel story, but you might not know it. You might not understand your reason for salvation. Your sin will take you one place. There's only one price that can be paid for it. It's the blood of Christ. That's my revelation. That's how we have the victory as we heard it. So if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raises him from the dead, you'll be saved. If there's one person here this morning that feels like you know, you know that you're saved or you're not. You know if you're carrying that guilt and burden of sin or not. You can be saved this morning. It's your choice. The offer's on the table. But know that, and, I'm, and I have to say it, know that if you don't choose it, there is no other option. There's only one way into the kingdom of God. There's only one glorious way to spend your eternity. There's one way, Jesus. We put he, our faith in him and what he's done. That transaction can happen this morning for you. And I do want to give an opportunity. Not a long, dragged out, sad situation. Because this is the biggest decision we can make in our lives. I remember when I made mine. I was 12 years old. I was in boarding school. So this was the December holiday. In December holidays, we went home. It was amazing. And my sister got radically saved the year before. And I went to her church at this stage. Man, I heard the best preach on hell ever. And my little 12-year-old heart said, there is no chance I'm going there. Beep, pick me. 
I promise you, I ran to the front, understanding at 12 years old, one, how sinful I am, even though I was quickly clean. You know, I never swore, never smoked, never fought, never, 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 never done anything. But I knew I was, I was lost. I'm gone. Because God is perfect and holy and he wants me like that. I can't be like that. And there's a hellfire waiting, man. I promise you, I ran to the front. And I repented. And I called you made a way. I am sinful. I repent. I bring my sin to you. Please take it away. Please, I beg you, take it away and make me yours. I want to be your son. And you know what? In a moment he did. In an instant he did. I got up there and I was a new creation, a new man. And I knew my name got written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And there's going to come a time that 